Blessings, my brothers and sisters in Christ. My name is Pastor Malcolm. I come to you in the name of Jesus. Uh, this is We Follow Christ Ministries. And today I was I had this idea, knowing that we were supposed to start our Bible studies on Wednesdays. I told myself, you know, maybe I should put it on the podcast, do lesson by lesson on the podcast. Because I haven't uploaded anything in a while, been getting everything prepared and the, the structure of the ministry started and so forth, so on. So if you do have this book, this self-Bible study course, which each person in our ministry should probably have one. I do want to bring up to, to, to tell y'all, it's two different books going around in the group. Uh, some of us have the... The big one, which is more in-depth, and some of uh, the individuals have the smaller one, the 14 studies. So in each way, in the beginning of this uh, lesson, they have the same lessons. So I want you to go to God's plan of salvation, to the one that have the darker greenish color book. It would be the study number one to the one that have that bright bluish, light bluish book. Then it wouldn't be study number one. You would have to actually look for it. And uh, today we're going to be going over God's plan of salvation. And this is very important. Now, I got a challenge for each one of you. And this challenge is uh, is in this book. And it or I want you all to remember this scripture. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And I repeat again. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And it reads that for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's very important to know these things, to know that sin is a problem. The wages of sin is death and the gift to God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Very important. So when you look at the introduction, it give a, 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 a explanation or a summary of, the, of sin. And it tells us sin is an inward spiritual attitude of rebellion towards God, which is expressed in outward acts of disobedience. We are all sinners in this way. And by our sinful lives, we rob God of the glory due to him. Sin is followed by three main consequences. First, first inward spiritual death or alienation from God that, that everybody is born in that condition. Second, physical death of the body. That's when we see the cemeteries and all this type of stuff. Third, final and eternal banishment from the presence of God to a place of darkness and torment. That is the place that we call in English hell. Christ came to save us from our sins. Himself, without sin, he took our sins upon him died in our place and rose again from the dead that we might be forgiven and receive eternal life. That is the whole bulk of the gospel. 
If anybody tell you another gospel or something else, it is not the gospel. The good news is that God, uh, the gospel is good news or glad tidings. It is when a king sent a messenger or a servant with, with a message from his kingdom to another kingdom who he that is in opposing that are, that are in conflict with each other. And the greater kingdom sent a message to the Lord kingdom with glad tidings. Good news. The king of that kingdom have made a way for you to be made right with him. Treaties of peace. It either accept the treaties of peace or accept the conflict by war. Glad tidings. This king is, we have a problem with our kingdom, this kingdom of this world who is ruled by the devil. And the problem that that king has with our world who is ruled by the devil is because our world have a sin problem which is totally contrary to who he is. And he is the creator. So when we look at A, when it says sin and its consequences, it says for what purposes were all things created, right? What purpose were all things created? We look at Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Follow along with me if you have your scriptures. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. And in the King James Version, it's read this. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. For thy pleasure. Who is thy or your God's pleasure? So when we look at this and say, for what purpose were all things created? For what things were you created, O man and all women of God that listening to this podcast, what 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 is the your purpose? Why was you created? You were created for for God's pleasure, His will, wishes, and desires. God created you for that. As a matter of fact, if we want to give more clarity to why you was created, you can turn your scriptures over into Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter one, which clearly give us. Uh, purpose for us to be created. Colossians chapter 1. And let's read verse uh, six, or 15, 16, and 17. And it read as this. It say, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over of every creature? That's talking about Jesus. It say, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, or principalities, or powers, all things was created by him, by Jesus, and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. So when we look at these two scriptures, it's clearly pointing to us and telling us that we was created for the purposes of God. We were created for him, not for ourselves, even though we don't win in that way and try to do things on our own. We are not created for our own. We were created for him. Amen. So we go to number two. It is a write down three things which God is worthy to receive in Revelation chapter four, verse 11. In Revelation chapter four, verse 11. So when you read when you read back over Revelation chapter 4 verse 11, you see 
that the 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 John say or the people, the heavenly uh, 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 crowd, the elders say, "Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. Glory, honor, and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created." So these three things God is worthy to receive: glory, honor, and power. They belong. They belong to Him. But we take these things on ourselves. And then, just like if you look at uh, uh, the next question, in what way have all men sinned? And then we go to Romans chapter 3, verse 23, and which is great about, for all have sinned and come or falling short of the glory of God. And how have Men sin by falling short of God's glory. That that purpose that he created us for, we fell short of it. See, when we look at the word sin, sin just mean in actuality missing the mark. It's like you thought got a bow and arrow, an arrow, you shoot it at a at a and you trying to hit the mark, the, the middle mark, the bullseye, and yet you miss. That is what sin is. God created us for this perfect purpose. To reveal his glory perfectly because he is a perfect God. And we didn't do it. We didn't do it in thought, mind. I mean, we didn't do it in thought, in word, in deed. We didn't do it at all. We fall short of the glory of God. Then when we look at number four, it says, when men turn away from God, what were the first two sins that they committed? In Romans chapter 1, 21. It comes from Romans chapter 1, verse 21. And then we go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 21. And it, it reads, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. So it was two things in this verse that was given before their mind went dark. It was a reason their mind went dark because of the two things that happened before. One, they did not glorify him as God. They did not acknowledge him, honor him, glorify him as the all-powerful, all-knowing creator of heavens, earth, and the seas. The one that created us have rights over our life to rule us, to tell us what to do. He wasn't acknowledged as that. And number two, neither were thankful. They weren't thankful. That's a common thing in our culture today. People be complaining more than anything. And we have so many blessings. And, but when a person on not uh, glorify him as God or neither become thankful, then we fall in number five. What were the results of this in Romans chapter 121? What happened in the man's mind? Well, the scriptures say they become vain in their imagination. They, they thoughts the way they think, the way they put things together in their picture, in their minds. It becomes empty. It's empty, worthless, vain. But then in number two, what happened in their heart? Their heart was darkened. Their heart was darkened. Matter of fact, we have a, a, a message on the podcast pertaining to the heart. And, and, and number six is pertaining to the heart. Write down two facts about the human heart. Jeremiah chapter 17, 9. That is very important. 
See, our culture tells us to follow your heart wherever it go. You know, like Fruit Loops or something. But in Jeremiah chapter 17, 9, the scriptures say, don't follow your heart wherever it go because your heart is deceitful. The meaning of deceitful is misleading. That means it leads you in the wrong way. I gave you the definition of heart in the other podcast. You go check it out. And you know, if when you find out what the heart really is, then that's when you understand that you can't even really trust yourself. Let alone your friend can't trust themselves. And let alone anybody else in this world can't even trust themselves. The politicians can't even trust themselves. Yet they pushing ideas, they pushing theories as if it's facts, even though it comes from the same heart that you have. It's deceitful. And if you don't have the discernment to understand this thing about the human heart, then you're going to be, your heart going to mislead you and you're going to allow people, other people's hearts to mislead you as well. And then if you have a person, a friend, a spouse, or whoever it may be that is guided by a misleading heart and you have a misleading heart, only thing y'all could do is just mislead each other and have a whole lot of confusion. And even if you're spiritual, you will have to discern if that person, what that person, and how, uh, whatever that person is saying, if it's misleading, you have to discern your thoughts, your heart, and that person's heart who you're talking to. But not only is the first one that it is deceitful or misleading, to say it is desperately wicked. Desperately wicked. Jeremiah 17, I say, who can know it? Who can know it? Who can know it? But then when we get to the the number seven, when Jeremiah in chapter 17, verse nine, leave us off with that question of who can know it. And it meant to say nobody. No human being knows the heart. That's why man look at the outer appearance. Man look at the outer appearance and come up to the wrong conclusion. God look at the inward part and he knows it. That's why I say Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 10. I, the Lord, search it, the heart. I try to raise even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So who alone knows the truth about the human heart in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 10? And the answer would be the Lord knows the heart. Right. The Lord knows the heart. But may I want to balance this in Hebrews chapter 412. The reason that we can preach the word of God and we can actually identify fruits and actually tell people about what God says is because even though God knows the heart, God has revealed the condition of the heart. By his word. That's why I say the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It can cut between the joint, the marrow, and a discerner between the uh, the soul and the spirit, and the heart. A discerner or a discerner of the intentions of the heart. That's why once you have the word of God inside of you, it convicts you of wrong intents or wrong motives. But then you'll be able to identify as well when a person is not being legitimate about certain things. So then we get even more in detail. If we go to Mark chapter 7, Mark chapter 7, verse 21 and 22, Jesus say in verse 20, and he said that which come out of the man, that defile the man. And then in verse 21, look what he say. For from within, out of the heart of man, 
proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lashiveness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come forth within and defile the man. When we see all of these things going on in the world, it's because of the heart. When we see people rebelling against God, it is because of the heart. And we see our culture falling and becoming grossly immoral. It is because the heart and they reject the word of God and God gave them over to this dark heart. The heart is already naturally misleading and desperately wicked. But when the, the, the light have come to that person, that person rejected, it become that much darker. And we seeing the results of it today. Amen. So as we keep going, let's go turn to uh, James. Because um, 9, it, 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 it tells us this. If we are able to do something good, right? And we do not do it. What does God call that? So when you look at James chapter 4, 17, this is the scripture. It says, therefore, to him that know to do good and do it not, to him it is sin. So not is sin. So brothers and sisters in Christ, if you know something that God is telling you to do, give, uh, do certain things for a certain person, whatever he's telling you to do. You know that the scripture tells you to do that certain thing and you do not do it to you. That is sin. That is sin. No matter how much you put off on it, no matter how much you give excuses for it, no matter what you do to try to justify why you didn't do it. When God put that on your heart and when God said clearly in his word and you get convicted and know that good thing you're supposed to do and you do not do it, you is sinning. And then 10, if and 10 say, if we say that we have no sin, what are we doing to ourselves? And 1 John chapter 1, 8. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. It says this, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So you say you don't have no sin. We say we don't have no sin. Having sin, ain't no sin in our life. All these type of things. Yeah, what? You is misleading yourself. You is deceiving yourself. Yes, you can. You Human beings are able to deceive others, be deceived, and deceive themselves. But look at what verse 10 said the same. Um, in the... Uh, Excuse me. Look at what verse 10 say. Number 11, verse 10. Number 11 in the book. 1 John chapter 1, verse 10 in the Bible. It say, if we say that we have not sinned, we made him a liar and his word is not in us. So hold out before you say you are good, righteous, you are okay. Hold that off right now because I don't want you to tell God he's a lie. Because if you say you good, okay, you righteous and all this type of stuff, you deceive yourself. And not only do you mislead yourself, but you make God a liar. You call him a liar. And you don't want to do any of that. Jesus said none good but God. Paul said none righteous, not one. 
Nobody see God. So we have to understand these things which the scripture have said. When you hear the word like this, which in today's days, a lot of people won't sit there long enough to be able to hear that word because that word is not telling them something that the flesh won't to hear. Next one, it say 12. What consequences has sin brought upon man? If you look at Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. It tells us this. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for that the, uh, they all have sinned. So we look at the Bible. The Bible tells us what death come from. This cemetery, all these tombs, and all this WALB, and wherever you may be, CNN, all these people getting killed and dealt and dealt and dealt and make people and cause make people sorrowful. Family members dying, friends dying, health issue, COVID nineteen, monkeypox, whatever it may be. All of this stuff is the result of what sin. With all this stuff resulting because of sin, you would think that people be talking about sin. But they're not because sin is a me problem. Which means that, like Michael Josh said, I'm look, uh, 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 looking at the man in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? You got to look at the man in the mirror. You can't change out there until you change in here. And people won't get on the news and say, look, we have a heart problem. Everybody need to change their ways. No. That sounds too much like kingdom of God stuff. In the, in the kingdom of the devil. Yeah. So, Romans chapter 5, 12. We already went over some of this stuff. Romans chapter 5, 12. It tells us what physical death come from. And it comes from Sin. Romans chapter 6, 23, what we started out, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord, our, uh, through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So that was, the, the penalty for the, being separated from God is eternal death. Eternal death. So, and in James 1, 15, it say that, uh, that when love have to conceive, they bring forth sin and and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So your answer for number 12 will be death. Death. So we see nothing but bad news, right? Nothing but bad news. First, you know, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Then it starts telling us what sin is in the heart, how messed up it is, jacked up it is. And then not only that, I can't even tell myself that I'm not a sinner because then I'm deceiving myself. And then if I do say I'm not without, I'm without sin, then only that, I call God a liar. And then that within itself is a sin. So I mean, yes, you like God to give no room for error. He mean what he said when he said what he said. That's how you know the gospel truth. Not only do the Bible is in alignment with itself with it, but then if we look at everything going on in the world, the Bible testifying to the nonsense that we're seeing in the world. The, the world is a problem and the Bible is the answer because God is the answer. He gave the answer in the Bible that point back to him. But people have to, just like James say, receive with meekness the implanted word that is able to save your soul. That is 
James chapter 1, verse 21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluous anonymous, and receive with meekness and graft the word which is able to save your soul. That means humble down, listen to the word, receive it, grab it, pay, pay attention to it. But we don't want to do that when the word is so fire, when the word puts you on fire about the lifestyle and condition. That's what sin is. Sin is don't have anything to do with you being blessed. Sin has everything to do with your problem, our problem, human problem. And we don't want to know and want to be told that we the problem sometimes. But then we look at sin, this, uh, we sinned and results of sin is death. But we see this thing that I'm saying death. Okay, death, what death, what is this and everything. But then when we look at Matthew chapter 25 verse 41, when they started trying to tell us what death it is. Matthew 25 verse 41. Matthew 25, 41 is telling this. It say, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you curse into the everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. Okay, everlasting fire. And I know I want you, I wanted y'all to know something. It say prepare for the devil and his angels. See, God didn't prepare for you. He prepared for the devil and his angels. God is not willing for any human to perish. But because human want to follow the devil and his angels, they will be judged in accordance with them. And then we look at Revelation chapter 20 and we can look at verse 12 and verse 15. Through verse 15. Revelation chapter 20, 12 through 15. The words say, And I saw the dead small and great, Stand before God and the books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life. And a dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And you just drop now Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, obvious, the, ver uh, the number 13 in the book. Uh, what is the final end of all unrepentant sinners? Unrepentant sinners mean ones that sinners that don't want to change their life. They don't want to do it. They don't want to about face, turn around. They don't want to do it. They just want to keep living their way. What is the result? What is the consequences? Or what if I find the end? Scripture says the lake of fire. And then number 14 in the book in Revelation chapter 21, 8. The question is, write down eight different kinds of people who will go to the lake of fire. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. The scriptures say, but the fearful and unbelieving and abominable, and the murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burn with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Amen. I want y'all to deeply meditate on part A. Part A. I want y'all to think deeply about those things which we went over because we could have did the rest of, but I want you to think about that. 
This is something so important because the world is not putting it forth. People are not being taught that. You would not see this type of information. Hear this type of information. You probably get glimpses of it here and there. But a bulk of what going on, you would not get it unless it comes from the word of God. And now the word of God have been brought to you. So you can be able to know what is the problem. If you say, I got a problem. Somebody got a problem. What is my problem? What is my problem? What is, why did God separate me? Why he separated himself from me? Sin. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2. Your sin has separated you from your God. That he will not hear. I paraphrase that. So then we all must give ear to these things. A gospel without talking about sin is no good news at all. Because how could you have good news not knowing that it's bad news? So God's plan of salvation. Why do I need to be saved? Well, because you have rebelled and sinned against a perfect, just God who will not leave you without punishment. 